Hello, everybody. Uh, today is marks our intro into our third movie, which is ironically Doug's first movie. I am Drew. I am Sam. I'm Adam. And this movie is Doug's first movie. I got to tell you guys, uh, in the first, it's been about 12 to 13 years since I have seen this movie. And in the first, the first couple of minutes, I was really worried that this was a Christmas movie. <laughs> it does have that feeling. It has that very uh, like light, twinkly piano score throughout. And just that combined with like the ice fishing. Yeah. What a way to start. Yeah, all the leaves. Love. You can't you fishing. can't pull my leg like that, Doug. I really li- like the ice fishing because off to the side of our introductory characters is just a barrel bobbing in the water, as if this is the 1880s <laughs> where people actually have barrels and then decided that to just throw them in the lake. See, personally, I was really drawn in by the matte painting uh, transition we got. Un- coupled with the low frame rate like animation cells were missing <laughs> when the characters were introduced oh. I, I I hate talking about like animated movies because like this is something that someone really really tried hard to make look nice mm. but in the exception of Doug like when you look at the character designs they are something that a child could come up with draw color animate fully on their own like that 90s stink it it is it's i guess it's less is more but here's my main concern right off the bat the difference between doug who is the main character and uh skeeter his best friend Mm. is miles apart skeeter has more facial expression his eyes are drawn to completion and (laughs) not just just Doug has those beady little eyes, a pathetic little nose. <laughs> Doug has got the uh, the beta male expression. <laughs> he just looks blankly through his simple pupil eyes that were just dotted onto his stupid pasty face. We're going to get back uh, into this. I've got more evidence. <laughs> I, I think that we need to do like a proper introduction into the world of Doug because this isn't a movie like Multiplicity where you start into like a normal place and yeah. you get acclimated i, I see way. what you mean because in this movie you get acclimated by uh they introduce you by making you realize uh that the character is going to talk like this the whole time there is no introduction <laughs> to doug's first movie we get uh, um like adam was saying a still shot of the town overhead and then instantly into the characters who we know nothing about who but they're just love. talking like they're fully established right. naturally the movie is acting like you should have seen the show. Yeah, exactly. That that's the biggest flaw right out of the get go with uh, with Doug's first movie is it doesn't introduce any characters to you, especially Doug, the main character, the title character. Even gets no uh, explanation. So in there's no establishing. There's <laughs> they jump into this crazy fascination <laughs> he has with patty mayonnaise and, and monsters gonna, and monsters. <laughs> I'm going to contradict you guys on this one and say there is no more context needed. That's all there is to Doug. I don't know who, who these like deep Lord Doug fans you're imagining. <laughs> like, ah, yes, I watched. I've watched Skeeter's counterattack, so I understand what's happening. Here. <laughs> Doug, your uh, earth, your soul was pulled down. 
found my gravity dog. I've watched all of Dog 79. Another appearance problem that I have is the the color schemes on the characters is it's not like <laughs> Simpsons like every character every race has their own color like or whatever like just random characters are purple and green and there's no others it I don't I, I, don't, know, I, I don't know why it bothers me so much but just there's no consistency with other characters guys I like Doug's art style <laughs> are you guys are I was, you being unironic to... yes I'm oh my 100% god unironic. I was trying to to say something uh, when Sam was talking about the Deep Lore Doug, because that's exactly what I did for this episode. I deep dove into the lore of Doug so that yes. I could become our chronicler for this season, though Adam will lead us in discussion. I want to be there as a reference, and so I know so much about these characters in this town now. I'm sorry. That, no, that's the weird thing. When the show was on Nickelodeon, it was actually good. I have no reservations saying that. But this movie was made when they transitioned to Disney and Disney slashed their budget and slashed their voice cast and made them like simplify the designs, which used to be like clearly supposed to be abstract. And they're like, yeah. we need to make them a yeah. little more realistic. It, I don't exist in that, that hell between <laughs> between creative visions. Yes. I truthfully like I, I watched the show when I was a kid. Like I was at an age where like I should have some recognition of it and I feel yeah. like I I would have remembered or even appreciated okay. it but I have no attachment to Doug. I actually oh. do remember liking Doug like kind of in, a, in that passive way where like at, it was one of those shows as a kid where if it was on I'd watch it and be like oh yeah this is pretty good but I never I I, I was too young to like <laughs> be smart enough to seek it out when it was you new didn't, basically. You didn't get all the adult humor they snuck over your head and Doug. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't get all the uh, the subtle subtext that we're going to dive into this season. <laughs> the central that, that's thing why we're here. The central thing with Doug is that it's not a funny show. It's not a te- <laughs> it's not a necessarily endearing show, but it's a surprisingly melancho- melancholic and honest show. Kind of like the Peanuts if it wasn't funny. What a yeah. beautiful way to describe that cuz like even the art style is kind of reminiscent of the Peanuts. Like Doug I looks did- very much like Charlie Brown. The character is like, kind of cozy. You know what? I can get behind that, Sam. It's kind of cozy. Doug's first movie. It's kind of cozy. It, it it's not like <laughs> it's like when you go back into memories of your childhood, and not the memories that really stand out for being uh, really fantastic or really sad, but just the normal day-to-day memories and the odd occurrences. That's the exact same feeling I get from Doug. In, in the great words of Roger, it appeals to my childlike spontaneity. <laughs> <laughs> Blue boy. <laughs> I think that's a good point to judge, jump into our first character, who is Roger, the green bully, with who you know is a bully because he has a leather jacket. And uh, Adam, because could you he talks like this. <laughs> Adam, could you approximate his voice for us? Oh, I, I can't really do his voice, but if I were to try, I would do something like. Uh, where you can find a whole bunch of monster pictures. <laughs> That's it, Adam. That's it, yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's one of those voices. I think, like, if you just think about it, you can do it. You're supposed to ask where. Where? Your family albums. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, we have we have Skeeter who really needs to like get CPR because he's choking so bad his skin turned blue. <laughs> 
Blue like, boy. I, like to, I, I want to dwell on that that uh, that opening joke right there. Not only was that family album, yeah, the family album <laughs> joke. Not only was that funny, it was so funny that all of the Rogers crew threw their heads back in laughter. They were busting <laughs> at the gut just how funny their their gang leader Roger is. Uh, second off. Um, he's a bully with red hair. If you're getting bullied by a ginger with a leather, leather jacket, <laughs> oof. You've already lost the battle. You're you're so far in simp territory that you will never, ever get out of there. To set the scene for Adam's uh, comments, uh, we get Roger and his gang of bullies hanging out at the pier. These kids look like they're, I don't know, like 13 to 15-ish. Does that sound fair? Yeah, I'd say I'd say easily thirteen, fifteen. I let's say fourteen. They're probably Doug's age, and I think you're, the, you're supposed like, to know, Drew. You're the one that went into the cannon. Yeah, you they didn't. Have, they didn't know what's their ages. Oh, but you're they trying live... to tell me you don't know the exact day that Doug Funny turned eighteen? You fucko. Yeah, people know Mickey Mouse's <laughs> birthday. What's Doug's birthday, dude? But but the characters live in this mid-sized American town called Bluffton. It's Bluffington. Uh, Bluffington. I think so. One of those two. And the show follows Doug Funny, our main character, who has no eyeballs and is the only really pink-skinned person in the show when the rest of the characters are drawn very absurdly with varying skin and hair colors. Like Adam was saying, not in like a Simpsons kind of way, but in the, I don't know, make him, make him plurple, I don't know. Yeah, like, and you see no other characters with that complexion like The Simpsons does. Like, you have yellow, you have you have brown, you have uh, other <laughs> colors. <laughs> but we could really delve into the fact that the only uh, character coded as being <laughs> Caucasian in this show is the one that we're supposed to identify with as the main character. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't really want to on the fucking Doug podcast. <laughs> All right, now that we kind of Doug is post. <laughs> Now that we Doug is post race, and so is this podcast. Now that we now that we've kind of set the tone a little bit, let's go through. Uh, let's walk through the story chronologically a little bit. So Roger and his bullies are doing the the only thing that bullies really do is fish. <laughs> yeah, it, I remember all these movies from the nineties. They're like, we we want to establish a bully. Let's have him fish. You can't even go down to the pier anymore because freaking Roger and his gang are down there trying to catch a couple bluegills and crappie. Hey boys, what do you say? You ride our schwins out to the pier and catch a couple carpies. <laughs> that sounds enjoyable. Which is, one of my, which is one of my favorite lines from this 10 minutes, which is when uh, one of Roger's goons, whose name I know, but that'll lead us into our game, <laughs> says, That sounds enjoyable. <laughs> His voice might he's... have been the worst this episode. Right, so but... as as uh as Roger and his gang are sitting fishing by the pier. Doug and Skeeter roll by on bikes. They get hit with the brutally uh, destroying joke of the monster pictures in the family albums. <laughs> Skeeter claps they, back to go, Hardy Har! <laughs> <laughs> and they're doing what all, uh, all suburban uh, boys do when school's out. They look for monsters. Doug so, and Skeeter, that Doug is. Doug and Skeeter look mm. for monsters. So they... They wheel their bikes into the forest, <laughs> but much to their chagrin, they can't keep uh, walking their bikes because of a small branch <laughs> that cannot be passed by any bike or otherwise. So they decide to leave their bikes, which when you're a teenage boy, 
your bike is your world. Your oh, bike yeah. is what your window to the outside. If I paid eighty dollars for that at Walmart. You lose your bike. You go nowhere. You see no one. You're gonna have to like take two or maybe three more weeks on your paper out before you're able to uh, replace that bad boy. <laughs> you can't and even do that because you lost your bike. You have to be borrowing yeah. your sister's bike in the meantime. Yeah, it's oh more it's Disney shenanigans. Or your dad's Sam. bike and you can barely reach the pedals. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sam Adam it's really not even garage sales. It's never garage sale season when the bike breaks. It's never garage sale season. That'd be too convenient. Sam Adam really uh, got you with something because uh, kids <laughs> they got paper routes. They need bike to do paper route, but no no bike equals no money to buy new bike. It's it's this a capitalist cycle, this and that's one of the America. central tensions of Doug. America I've been wants trapped you to cycle my papers, entire but life. they don't want you to have a bike. So after they ditch their bikes. Uh, I, I, we might have just glazed over this, but the entire plot of this, as of this first 10 minutes, is the boys are looking for a monster that they have not established having seen, why they are so sure there's a monster there. We don't the, know. There is the bubble in the lake that only the audience uh, was able to see. <laughs> okay, but it, it's very strange that that the introduction to this movie is like, yeah, there's a bunch of, uh, this is a world where there's a bunch of green people and people with one eye. And then they're like, we're looking for a monster. And the audience, I imagine they'd be like, is that not something that's real in this world? <laughs> is that outside the realm of possibility? <laughs> Doug has a sentient dog. Why is why is a monster out of the ordinary? Everybody knows monsters aren't real, Adam. Come on. <laughs> but the bully squad uh, shows that they really know what to do with their after-school lives by <laughs> having a Chinese dragon costume. I tell you yeah. what, if I saw that in the middle of the woods, I'd piss my damn pants. And so the four of them get into this costume to, and I quote, scare the hoo-ha out of Blue Boy. <laughs> he actually called him Blue Boy? Yeah, yeah. that's a little racially. Oh my God. <laughs> I've this is all under the guise that Roger justifies this by saying it's unhealthy to bottle up my childlike spontaneity, which I will give him that. That is good <laughs> justification for bullying a blue boy. So, so far, Roger has like two points on the board with family albums and not being having to bundle his childlike spontaneity. So he's our protagonist, like it or not. So yeah. far, Roger is... Um, Roger is the king of comedy. He is the Don Rickles of the Doug universe. Skeeter, Skeeter does still have Hardy Har. You got to give him that. <laughs> okay, all right. Hardy Har negates family albums, but Skeeter wasn't <laughs> even around to defend himself for the Blue Boy comment. It was a vicious <laughs> sucker punch from Roger. I don't agree with it. I don't appreciate it, but it was a good burn. Where do we go from there? Is there, is there a little boy in his underwear, Sam? Is that, is, is that in this movie? Little boy's undies. Four minutes in. Oh yes, that is right. Yeah, and we see Roger and his gang steal Doug's clothes and throw him in a tree. So four minutes in, we see Doug in his undies. It was a different time. <laughs> I don't care what time it is. This was a time when when bullies would steal the clothes of younger children. What did they do? How do you how do you justify that, especially with a gang of other people? You remember the you remember the time we took Doug's clothes off and saw his <laughs> little Peter <laughs> classic. <laughs> if Roger went home and his mother was like, "What happened today, Roger? We heard you guys." <laughs> 
They're all yeah, you got in trouble, Roger. I love yeah, I so took that clothes off. I, I think she just look at him and like under the under the weight of her gaze, then he would realize how awful it sounds. My favorite part of that little scenario is that Roger's mom sounds exactly like Roger. <laughs> <laughs> She's Roger with a wig and a dress. <laughs> oh, so it's Roger, but a little deeper. <laughs> Roger, but a little deeper sounds like a really nice. Uh, like album name but for like a soft-spoken like um what's the word oh, like, he, he, album he ballads his, yeah he doesn't have his full band it's just the uh it's, it's just kind of like the brass it's, a bit it's just him with an acoustic guitar and a, maybe an accompanying stand-up bass or something yeah yeah roger t- tries to scare blue boy <laughs> and uh tries to scare successfully successfully yes but um it turns out a monster shows up behind him for really real but uh, yes. he drops the camera out of surprise and uh, fear, and it takes a picture of the monster, and we cut to credits. Not We're whisked away credits. to 21 Jumbo Street. <laughs> I, no, I Sam, we are whisked away. I'd call it the title sequence. Title sequence, I guess. Well, yeah, yes, yeah. I would barely even call it that because it's just this weird, it's like a slideshow reel that's supposed to be like a, a cute little skit. I don't even want to talk yeah, about but it. It's it the no start bearing. of every episode. And I guess they decided it was so iconic they had to include it in the movie. It was also yes. so iconic they didn't even use the theme song from the original Doug show. Which <laughs> yeah. sucked. It did suck. I like the this Doug one theme is song. much better. You shut up. It was not much, but it was not really any anything special. Like it's slightly better. I would prefer this than but this one had do 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 do. That one is good too. I'll give you that. They're they're both good. Yeah, these two were the top two Doug theme songs. I got to give you that, Sam. Yeah. What do we hear about right after the uh, the title sequence? What where do we go? Dear from diary. There? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but before we move on, right before the title sequence, we saw a monster rise out of the lake and tower over a bunch of children, and then we saw a cut. Which, I mean, in film shorthand, I'm led to believe these kids are dead and in that monster's <laughs> belly. Well, uh, sucks to be you because you're an absolute moron because we see all of them again and still in this 10-minute chunk. The pace is chugging along at a rapid pace. This is the fastest-paced movie we have watched so far. Yeah, that it's cut like an animal. episode of the cartoon. Like, like this is where Beautiful. the commercial break would be. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Then the we we get Dear Diary, and uh, Sam, as the most beta out of us, I'd like you to handle Doug's monologue scene. Wow, okay, how do you eat my fucking ass? I actually don't even remember what he said, so you can eat my nuts, because yeah. the Valentine's Day dance is coming up, and he doesn't want to get cucked again. No, not the Valentine's dance. The Valentine's dance! <laughs> that apparently I don't know, I think cool. I'm going to be honest, I practiced the Doug voice a little bit before this, and I hated doing it so much that I just refused. It hurts. It hurts. It's really awful. I'll do Roger all day. (laughs) I think that we've gone on long enough without addressing the, what is personally to me, the biggest flaw of this movie, the voice acting. Holy cow. Is the voice acting in Doug so obnoxious? Early on, one of the first realizations you're slapped with is, oh, they're going to talk like this the whole time. I decided to dig a little deeper to try and figure out why. Uh, Which leads me to my first minor segment. I'm going to uh, tell you how many voice actors were in the movie Monsters, Inc., which came out just a little bit after this. Uh There were 55 individual voice actors in Monsters, Inc. 
Okay. How many individual voice actors do you guys think were in Doug's first movie? One. I'm going to say six. (laughs) Uh, 17. So you guys undershot it, but still, (laughs) 17 is is pretty much unheard of for an animated feature with this large of a cast, only having 17 voice actors having to split up each character and trying to make their voices distinct. So they have to go into this absurd territory of, like, like Adam was doing BB. BB, yet another character who's relatively prominent in the show. Unfortunately, little I remember is just thrust upon us like we know who the hell she is. But she's apparently very important to the town because the school newspaper is me- named after her. But I mean, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it all in due time. We haven't yet to address the fact that this is called Doug's first movie. And they, there's no sequel or anything because they were so confident for whatever reason that this was going to be a hit. It did so poorly in the box office. It, I want to say it made in the singles millions of dollars, like on a, I think it was a 15, $20 million budget as hey, sad Adam. as it is. Okay. Yes, but sir. imagine the balls on that. They released it on Blu-ray today and just, and just retitled it Doug's last movie. <laughs> Ooh. the last ride <laughs> okay guys but actually this is a little known fact uh the movie actually made 30 million dollars at the box office but you know uh they lost the last 23 million dollars that's what it but was <laughs> i actually figured out where the the missing 23 million dollars is was that your, your family, family album <laughs> i knew as soon as i asked i knew that's where it was gonna go i knew it fuck you I love that joke so much. <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's just, it makes you feel like a golden god just to say it. <laughs> just if you can get a crumb of the swag that Roger, <laughs> I can't believe I said swag, but the amount of swag he has is unreal. The exaggerated swag of a green teenager. <laughs> That's not a good album name. Yeah. <laughs> Roger's just cranking out these family albums. Family album is just, oh man, that's great. It's like kind of like a Jackson 5 type deal. So we get the entire school is up in arms about this Valentine's dance. Unlike any school ever, kind of takes you out of the movie a little bit because it's so annoying that every single person in the school, according to the film storyline, is obsessed and excited for this Valentine's dance. Even the, the dorky kids playing chess are like, oh, a Valentine's dance. That sounds exciting. Adam, have you never known the excitement of, of young love? I young 12-year-old love, Adam? <laughs> I wish I knew that kind of love. This is a nice chance to introduce us to the greatest character of the Doug universe, Patricia Mayonnaise herself. Yes. Uh, and, and fun fact, this brings our first celebrity cameo of the movie from like the, from previous seasons, because uh, Andy McDowell is actually the voice of Patty Mayonnaise. She is not. She is not. We got to keep it. We got to keep it 100, as, as they say. <laughs> Never. Sam, Sam is uh, this is like two truths and a lie. Sam is always the lie. One Do of us I... always tells the truth, and Do one of I... us is Patty Mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Doug. Guess which one of us is which? <laughs> this goes into the uh, the comment I made earlier that we just get thrust into the the love affair that Doug has for Patty. It seems pretty one sided. That's his only Very. character trait. He immediately goes into a fantasy. <laughs> About him and Patty in a war room scenario planning the Valentine's dance. Uh, yes, one of the because the dance, of Doug. The, da- the dance, which everybody's excited for, 
is about to get flushed down the toilet because nobody's volunteered for the dance committee, which means whoever joins is going to have to be working on it night and day together. Night and day. day and night, you might say. As I said, this dance is going to stink, not just because of Doug's unwashed skater shorts. <laughs> skater <Ew>. shorts. <laughs> and Doug's pool felt vest. Oh, man. That yes. Is... Ooh, yeah. You get that, that Doug look. <laughs> Steal his look. <laughs> but nice Doug, costume. Doug, who just got done writing in his diary about how much he loves patty mayonnaise and how mm. uh, many memories they've shared in like the last year, which, by the way, if you can't hear the audio because he's talking about it, in three scenes in a row, Patty says, I'm gonna punch you! <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, very one-sided love affair. Yeah. Doug decides I... <laughs> to entrap Patty into this uh, dance planning committee so that the two of them can spend lots of time together planning okay, so the Valentine's dance. You mentioned that fantasy cutaway, and I just want to go into, as I said as I alluded to earlier, this proves that that Doug is absolutely, absolutely wants Patty Mayonnaise to step on him. Because even in his <laughs> fantasy, even in his fantasy, she was being rude to him. Okay. And pushing him around. So I'd it's like, confirmed. I... <laughs> maybe, maybe this is just their dynamic. I wouldn't Doug's take... just the power bottom. <laughs> I want to take a minute just to, to further explore this war room fantasy. So this is all obviously like a, a fantasy he's playing out in his head patty uh clears off the table and does like a like a, a bit from a white snake video where the girl just kind of crawls and drags herself across the floor in this case a table <laughs> and doug is even a pussy in his own fantasies because that's he powers he crumbles no no that's what he wants <laughs> I this is, this is why I agree with you because it, the proof is in the pudding, as they say, and Doug's pudding is on full display. I think the proof <laughs> is in the mayonnaise. <laughs> that's, oh, no. that's funny. But Doug she... is such a thirsty power simp bottom that it's it's ridiculous. Like power simp. <laughs> he's a power simp. Where even yes, like Adam was saying, even in this fantasy, he's like, "All right, we're taking command and planning this this dance." And she's like, "What about true love?" And even in his fantasy, he's like, "Oh, I, I wouldn't know anything about about that." Oh. He portrays her in such a an objective way. He wants her to be like desperate for his cock. It is. <laughs> she, he makes her so thirsty, and this is this is a very troubling uh, scenario to see of, of like a fourteen year old boy and girl. And that's even that's... more troubling considering this was written by you know a bunch of thirty to fifty year olds. What do what yeah. do teenagers like? Oh, they like sucking and fucking each other. This will sell well, in a war room. In a war room. And in the words of Doug, he's. He's so so thirsty for a patty that he's gonna make it the coolest dance ever. <laughs> but when he said the coolest dance ever, I actually groaned out loud. I'm like, you you, <laughs> you soy boy loser. <laughs> We're just gonna be bullying Doug this entire season, and I hope that doesn't put anybody off. But if you watch this movie, you would completely understand why. No, that's what Doug would want. <laughs> Oh no! And, and like, even if he didn't, I think it's fair. We realize everyone listening realize this is a cartoon character. He is not a real teenage boy. We are allowed to lay into him a little bit. He's not going to put a gun in his mouth when he gets home from school from all the bullying. It's okay. Then we so, get introduced to the <laughs> to the secondary, no primary. 
one of the antagonists of this movie. There's a lot of the antagonists. <laughs> it's of hard Doug. to put a finger on <laughs> or a any of these people. There's a lot of bad guys in Doug, but we'll get to the first one, who is upperclassman Guy Graham. Upperclassman Guy Graham, easily a 17-year-old. This kid is like, like two feet taller than Patty and Doug. I thought he was supposed to be a teacher at first. Yeah, he has that that vibe about him. Like he seems like he's like the 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 news uh, teacher or whatever the hell you'd call that. It's, it's the bowling <laughs> shirt. It's the button up. It's the he's fact a, that he's got a pencil in his ear. As Doug and Patty are signing up for the dance, guy comes out of the room that the sign up sheet's on. As he's talking, uh, like he asks he asks Patty Mayonnaise to, and I quote. <laughs> Trade candies with him and the other upperclassmen. What does that mean? Trading candies. I missed that. Ugh, I, I swear that's that. the ex- that's exact wording. Is that a nose or a ski? Thank you. Oh, it's exactly <laughs> exactly ten minutes, ladies and gentlemen. The last exact. The, the movie cuts off exactly after Roger screams, "Hey, Valentine, is that a nose or a ski?" <laughs> But, but Roger's quick. having a fantasy where he's making fun of Skeeter Valentine, who doesn't even have a large schnoz. Hey, hey, b- backtrack real quick. I got one. That I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you guys have uh, mentioned, but uh, as Patty and uh, Doug are finished signing up, Patty's uh, handicapped father wheels it <laughs> up in a wheelchair with a suit of armor and says, baby, help me get this to the car. I'm so <laughs> glad you noticed that too because I've never given that much thought before. I haven't. But never noticed I, that. I'm, I'm so dumbfounded. There's, this goes so many places because first off, we see him like in a, a montage scene. We never see him again. He just rolls up on his little wheelchair, juggling a suit of armor. and <laughs> A literal full he, knight's armor he has draped across him, and he's trying to carry he's trying a man to who needs, his needs a wheelchair. He's got like such a weird uh, dialect to him, too. I'm sure he was an important character in the show, because once again, another character, they just thrust it upon us and expected us to be familiar with the source material enough Papa to Mayo. know who he is. So Papa Mayo had a suit. It's implied that he's a history teacher because of in in the flat montage scene that I'm referred to. He uh, was asking about you know like the Roman Empire and shit. Why did he have a suit of armor for history purposes, dude? I know that that's history, but what did he just carry a suit of armor into the classroom and be like, "Look, kids." Okay, I'm gonna take this back to my car. Notice it's curvature. <laughs> he, he he drug it from his house and his car by himself into the history room, and then only then, as he was loading up, did he realize he needed help. That's my favorite scenario to imagine. I gotta say, this really is Doug's first movie. Mm. That's the best compliment you could give this movie, Sam, and I appreciate that. Of all the movies that Doug had, this was his firstest. Uh, I I gotta say I honestly don't hate it so far. No, I have a soft spot for this movie. Yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of charming. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I kind of only like it for the memes that Roger produces. But <laughs> oh, and and later on with Guy Graham, there are several several quotable lines that this this son of a bitch has in there. Beautiful. I mean, I already yes. have four things that have been added to my regular vocabulary from this ten minutes alone. I'm gonna start saying the, dinky a lot. Blue more boy, too. <laughs> blue boy. The the villains of this movie are so much more likable than the protagonists. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, and it but, only it only gets better from here. Everything just goes freaking bananas. Since all of us have seen this movie before, I want to end with a, a little segment that I was brainstorming, and that's uh, name that background character. Ooh, okay. Where I know the names of almost every single background character in Doug's first movie now. Are we going to get some options? Yes, you are. Ooh, okay. Similar to one to uh, Ponderosa, we're going to do a two truths and a li- two lies and a truth. Okay. Okay. Can We're I just g- gonna. Can I say first... one thing as background here? Yes. I feel like I have an unfair advantage because, as a fan of Mobile Suit Gundam, I'm really good at picking up on terrible names and memorizing them. Oh no! That's cheating. Give me something such as Quack Salve from. <laughs> You'd be nice to Quack Salve. You'd be nice to Paptimus Sirocco. Paptimus Schmirius. Yes, Paptimus Schmirius, my favorite Gundam characters. <laughs> okay. So, uh, to, we're just going to start very simply with the members of Roger's gang. The first member of Roger's, Roger's gang, Roger's gang. Roger, are you, are you in the gang? You're in a, you got a little nickname for him? Raji. Yeah, my little Roger, my little Roger bear. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is one of Roger's sidekicks. It's the one with the orange skin and the purpled <laughs> spiky hair who seems a bit dim. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, the... I think, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 I got him. Okay, the three options for his name are Willie White, Franklin Burgers, or Matilda Spadre. Okay, okay, um, this is a little harder than I initially expected because those all sound like real names from Doug. I want it to be B, but I personally think it's A. I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking B as well. Okay, one more time. Willie White, Franklin Burgers, or Matt Spadre. Let me explain my thinking on this one. Oh no, Willie no. White is such a normie ass name for a guy with orange skin and purple hair that I feel like that's how Doug's got to go with it. No, no, I changed my answer. It's Spadre. The correct answer was Willie White. Are you yes. shitting me? Yes. Yes, it's one of the most normal names of the entire Doug catalog. <laughs> I could have sworn he said Roger said Spadre in the opening when they're fishing. No, he doesn't. Oh, damn it. I don't know. But, I went with my gut. My you gut. can't let him mess with your memories like that, Adam. And, <laughs> and now is a minor... Drew just totally called a, those memories into my head. Now I'm thinking <laughs> Spadre. Now as a minor bonus uh, for winning, I'll tell you the lore of Willie White is that uh, he actually really likes Doug and Skeeter, but uh, he started, pal- he started uh, bullying them because there was an episode where uh, Willie and his... Willie's dad used to be the mayor of Bluff- Bluffton, but then he yeah. uh, lost an election, so his family is now poor. <laughs> and so Willie ran for class office to try and make his dad proud, but then Doug beat him. Doug causes but more harm is, than good. This is some real backstory here. That's heavy. I'm, I'm very okay. impressed with your research, though, I got to say. That's, that's pretty obscure. <laughs> okay. Next, we have the bully with one big eye and one little eye. Yes. See, I've always... Can you Got give us a little one. background on that? Because I've always wondered what it means. Does he just have like a swollen eye? Or does know. he have one eye? <laughs> Never I used explained. to draw characters like that as a kid. I draw one with one really big eye and then one that's like dot eye. I don't know if it was because of Doug or... That was just a thing. That's just how people drew back then. It awakened a fetish in me. Is he wearing a monocle? That's what I always that's, thought when I was a kid. Another, yeah. There's just so many... I wish they would have explained... 
what the fuck that is because I don't know what I'm looking at. And it's it's <laughs> gross. It's ugly. I hate it. I don't want to see it anymore. So the options for the for the different eyed bully. These are the options for his name. Vergus Juth, Ned Coffee, or Castrol Blumpus. Oh man. <laughs> Shit, I thought I knew this one. I'm thinking Blumpus. Vergus. I'm going Blumpus. I want A again. <laughs> no. Both of you got it wrong. Are A was Fergus Juth. <laughs> B was Ned Coffee, Ned. spelled with as many letters as possible. <laughs> and Castro Blumpus was no one, I'm afraid. Damn it, that's not Castro so Blumpus was no one. No. <laughs> no one was Castro Blumpus? I really wanted someone to be Castro Blumpus. Don't worry, Adams. My firstborn son will be Castro Blumpus. <laughs> We're going to keep the lineage that Drew created going. We invite if you ha- if you or anyone you know is named Castro Blumpus, email us at edgingpodcast at gmail.com. Please ask for reparations. <laughs> for not getting this one right, you don't get to know Ned Coffee's lore. No. <laughs> is there Ned Coffee's we'll lore? <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> is it interesting? Do we know about his eye? No. <laughs> it's just the, the that's eye the by one thing we wanted his to eye know. Eye up. <laughs> Doug once threw a, a pencil into the air and it stabbed out his one eye and now, he swore revenge. Now Ned hate now Ned hates Doug and hangs out with Roger. No, it's just later grow Ned... up to be Roger Ebert, who, who he was patterned off of. Not many people know. No, it's just that Ned is uh, the smartest and nicest member of the bully gang, but he he doesn't want to bully anybody. He just really likes Roger and the others, so he pals around with them. And the final one is uh, the most uh, unassuming member of the Roger gang. He has uh, a normal kind of Doug skin tone and green hair that's kind of spiky. But your options for his name are Boomer Bledsoe, Schubert Blue and Peyton Castrob. I want Schubert Blue on this one. One more time. So the last <laughs> member of Robert's gang of Roger's gang. <laughs> Robert's gang. Robert's yes. gang. We're the rabbits boys. We don't take too kindly to blue folk over here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, he called him Blue Boy. <laughs> blue boy. I'm not the one doing it. It was just because they wanted to scare the hoo-ha out of him. <laughs> We'll send him back to Blueville. <laughs> Hardy hard. <laughs> Go back to Blueland. Okay, Adam, is the last bully's name Boomer Bledsoe, Schubert Blue, or Peyton Castrob? Oh. Boomer Bledsoe, Schubert Blue, or Peyton Castrob? What did Sam guess? <laughs> He guessed Boomer Bledsoe. Damn it, that's what I wanted. <laughs> you can pick it too. I don't want to. Then we'll never know the backstory of Boomer Bledsoe. <laughs> or we will know the backstory of Boomer Bledsoe because I'm right. <laughs> I want to I pick C just so our chances are a little better. <laughs> okay, Boomer Bledsoe was correct. <laughs> yes, I remember I remember to get back here, Bledsoe. <laughs> Thank you for playing this game, everyone. Now, folks, we hear at... You gotta, uh, backstory. You gotta hear his backstory. He doesn't have one. Oh, he does not have any? All that was listed was his physical characteristics. <laughs> you know nothing more about him. <laughs> Poor Boomer Bledsoe. Is he even from this town? Is he a real boy? Who knows? Is he just a puppet <laughs> that Roger's controlling? 
Boomer Bledsoe's Rogers alter ego. He goes into a closet and changes, and everyone, it, like his friends are nice. They just they don't pay no mind to it. Boomer Bledsoe is fun. Boomer Bledsoe is also Roger. It's just his alternate personality that only he can see. Whenever yeah, like, you're seeing Boomer Bledsoe, it's the projection of Roger's alternate self. His stand from JoJo. <laughs> I think that just about wraps up the first 10 minutes. But everybody, feel free to join us as we dive into the next 10 minutes. Because trust me, Doug is such a dense movie that we are going to have plenty to talk about every 10 minutes. And we are going to enjoy every single second of it. There's a lot of prime juicy lore on these ribs. And I'm going to dig through it, baby. Just you, the oh, wet naps ready. Yeah, if you want to do this on your own, by all means, leave us the hell out of it. I don't want to watch Doug anymore. Oh, well, I guess that's the end of the season. Bye, everybody. I've been through. Wait, come back. It's not It's not done yet. We're not. It's not, not done. We ain't but quitting. Make sure you play a couple seconds of credits there. <laughs> okay. We ain't giving up on Doug. I've been Drew. I've been Sam. I've been Adam. And you just got dugged. Oh, you jingus. You just got dug. <laughs> oh, like and share to dug your friends. <laughs> oh.